0: a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure and now with this week's episode your host clinical psychologist dr Nazanin moali hey everyone welcome to another episode of sexology podcast I'm your host dr Nazanin moali thank you so much for joining me today I have a very good news I'm very excited that I moved to a bigger office suite, and I'm hosting an open house. So if you live in Los Angeles, I would love it if you can come and check out my space. And more importantly, I want to get to know you and get to know uh, what do you like about this podcast, and I want to hear your feedback and have some share some drinks and celebrate with you. The time for the open house would be on July 27th, and it's going to be in my office, You need to RSVP to come. So all you need to do to shoot me an email at Dr. Moali at Oasis2care, O-A-S-I-S-2care, number 2care.com. And I leave the email in the show notes so you guys can send me an email if you want to come. Today, we're gonna talk about uh, how to keep things exciting in your relationship, especially during first phase of the relationship. Last week, I was at ASAC conference, which is a conference for sex educators and a sex therapist. And I met the author of The Honeymoon Playbook, Mrs. Marie-Claire Tovette. And I learned about her book, which is full of great worksheets and information about how you can communicate what you want with your partner and how you can keep things playful and start the relationship in the right track. So she's our guest today. She talks about all this great tips and things you can do around your sex life in order to kind of improve things and kind of build on on the strength that you have. As I said, our guest today is Mrs. Marie-Claire Tovet. Marie-Claire is a successful entrepreneur, professional educator, and woman on a mission to teach individuals and couples alike about the power of intimacy, sex and communication, and how to have fun doing it. She's also an ASAC and ISEE sexual educator. Here's my conversation with Mrs. Marie-Claire Tovet. Welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to have Mrs. Marie-Claire Tovet on our show today. Marie-Claire, welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Nazin, and it's a pleasure to be here. I am so excited that we met at the conference. I was just telling our listeners that we met at an ASAC conference, and I loved your book, and it's just full of great worksheets. And I was like, oh, honey, I was talking with my husband, which one should we try? <laughs> this is really good content. I know like, it's you wrote it for uh, more people that are in early relationship, but I think the content was good for People in all all stages as well. So I'm kind of curious that how did you decide to write this book? Well,
1: um, a lot of couples don't start off their lives together sexually very well. As a matter of fact, one in four people have pain, and uh, when people just meet when they first have first time hookup sex, only four percent of women have orgasms.
0: Oh, that's nothing.
1: that's really, really, really low. And, I, and 55% of men, by the way, have orgasms the first time they make love. So I'm thinking that, or even just having sex, it might not even be making love. So I was thinking, man, I've got to change those statistics. When people start a marriage together or even a relationship together, they need to be more educated. And my quest was to uh, really put things down on paper, all of the things that I've learned, you know, to give couples a really good start in life. You know, the clitoris is such an important organ for women and men are such visual creatures. It's important to be able to get all of these facts out and get couples, you know, well-educated before they start their relationship together because we have to set them up to success, right?
0: Absolutely. And again, I love that you had kind of exercises for men and for women. And they were like, at times felt like it was a a good division because I feel like when we have this kind of blanket things, it might not work for different people, especially around sexuality. So I thought that was interesting. And it's interesting that you say only 4% of women get orgasm, which is like the number is so low for hookup sex and like, you know, early in relationships. So I'm glad that you provided people some kind of guidelines about like what what kind of things they can do to improve. uh, They start in a good direction and improve their sex life. So I have a question for you about your recommendation for the couples that they've been in relationship for a while. And at times I get people that you're right. They didn't start in a good track. Do you think this book would be helpful for them as well?
1: Absolutely. It's good for everybody that wants to improve their sex life, actually. And even their communication, because at the beginning, of the book, I talk a lot about romance and how important it is to go back and look at what you loved about uh, your couple when you first started. And um, the Gottmans say that's one of the sexful, successful tools um, in improving a couple's relationship. If you go back and look at what worked at the beginning, and this is what we're doing here. We're going to the beginning and we're we're making things beautiful right from the get go. And yeah, couples, uh, you know, a lot of couples have no are in no sex, no sex marriages, 20%, as a matter of fact, are in no No, sex marriages, that's less than 10 times a year and 15% are in low sex marriage. And that's less than uh, every other week. So yeah, these these tools for couple mature couples. Even like, even my friend who's plus 70, <laughs> she <laughs> loves the tools in this book. It's for everybody that wants to improve their relationship because it's a great communication tool to see what you like, what your partner likes, score it on 10 and take notes. And when your couple goes stale and things start to not, you know, you're not feeling connected anymore, go back to the book because in the book we take notes and we get to learn um, what happened, what did we do while we we're going through that book that works so well, Right. So,
0: yeah, exactly. And I think as I was looking at the book, reading your book, and I was thinking about my clients, which I always <laughs> do, and I was thinking this would be an excellent tool because subset of my clients, for a number of different reasons, could be religious reasons, cultural reasons, they choose to stay abstinent until the, their wedding night, their honeymoon, and at times they have lots of anxiety and stress. They're entering this kind of new, exciting stage of, of life on becoming sexually active?
1: Oh my gosh, it's such a a wonderful time, but it's also a time of, of major anxiety because if you've never done it before, it's really hard. And sometimes even couples that haven't done it for a while and they're about to do it for the first time, it's really, really hard because first of all, you're shy. You're wondering about all the things that can go wrong. And the first thing that I have to say for couples is to make sure that they use their sense of humor, like really relax about everything and have fun and play be patient and use lube.
0: <laughs> Very important.
1: So when you're first starting out, um, some of the problems that can come up, that's in the book, by the way, it's in the back of the book, things that come up and things that don't come up. <laughs> so for men, you know, they can have premature ejaculation that can, that, these can be issues that come up and I give pretty good tips what can happen there. And it's about relaxing and not worrying about it and keep having fun. You just keep pleasuring your wife for those that are out there that are not married, if they have those kind of issues, just go back and play again, play, play with your wife, play with your girlfriend and just enjoy, you know, touching each other, central massage, go back to that. And next thing you know, your sergeant's back at attention again. <laughs> so that's like, that's all right. That's if you, if you're, you know, if you're, if you have, um, erection issues, if, if you, if you have, uh, if you come too fast, then you just wait again, and then you wait for for you to get back, and you just go back to play. And for women, often it's pain. One out of four women actually have pain when they have sex. So I would ask them to maybe use a lot of lube. And guys out there, you need to prepare your women. So you need to warm them up. You need to give them gentle massages, tease them a lot. I've, I have a lot in the book about
0: teasing. Oh, so I saw are, those. Those were great.
1: Yeah, these are the things that come up a lot. A lot, uh, you know, any issues that come up. If you just go back to teasing. Go back to having fun, go back to laughing. You know, this is the way to go because when you start having performance anxiety the first time, then you that that takes you with you and you end up needing probably get it, to get help if you can't solve it on your own. But, you know, really trying to have fun and relax and play. And, you know, a lot of people don't have orgasms the first night. Sometimes they don't even make love the first night that they get married because they're so tired. And give yourself permission to give yourself a night off if you need to. Because you know, when you make love the first time, you don't want to be the statistics of four percent where the woman doesn't have fun and the guy only has fun fifty-five percent—not fun, but have an orgasm fifty-five percent of the time. You know, you want—it's not about the orgasm; it's about enjoying the experience and uh, taking your time and really enjoying being together and loving each other, feeling that loving connection. The first time you make love is really, really huge. And so really getting into a relaxed state. If you ever feel you, you feel you're stressed out, then breathe, just breathe together and start kissing. And that'll really bring your sexual energy up and you'll be able to relax more. And another really good tip, I think, is just to hug each other for 60 seconds. Whenever I'm stressed, I'm like, yeah. my husband always before this morning, I was feeling a little bit stressed. He says, come here, let me hug you for 60 seconds. and oh, that just Oh, I love that. <laughs> Uh, That's a really good tip that I have to give to first-time lovers that anybody that has a lot of experience lovemaking, if you're in the middle of whatever, just stop and hug each other and get back to being connected with your partner again.
0: Yeah. And the statistic that you were talking about one out of four women, they're struggling with pain during intercourse. And I'm sure, and know we both are aware of that there are part of it could be physiological challenges. But based on my experience in my patient, in my office, I think most of the time it comes from people not having enough foreplay, right? They just kind of yeah. like five within five minutes of like a very busy day. They're in the bedroom, they're on the time clock. They just want to move to penetration and our bodies are not ready for that. And that can cause the sex to be painful. And one other thing that you were talking about, which I I thought was a great point was that when we have a bad experience, we don't want it that to kind of become this kind of repeated kind of challenge and kind of taint how how you and your partner perceive your sexual experiences.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, so it's really important to make sure that the woman's really, really warmed up, you know, ask them if they want to make love to you, right? Communicate and ask them if this is something they want to do. And really a woman does have to be really warmed up to not have painful sex because in the vagina is like a slit, right? When there's, when there, when she's not excited is like a slit. And when she's excited, it becomes a tent, right? And for a woman to receive the penis, she needs to have a tent. So it, it elongates and it gets larger and it makes pressure, um, the pressure, it makes it a lot more inviting for her. And m- remember to use lube. Um, and it needs to be water-based lube if you're using a condom, if you don't want to get pregnant. That's, that's an important part to remember. I remember I used to play soccer. My soccer coach was a gynecologist. Oh. And uh, and we, I said, hey, guys, and I asked the coach at the same time, is, is sex painful for you? And they're all talking and the coach said, hey, can I talk to you about, can I chime in here? And he said most women uh, say that they, having a, they don't even want a big penis because mm-hmm. it hurts. And these guys all, you know, they have the theory that they want, all ha- want to have a big penis. And, and it's really not the size of the penis that counts often. It's really how you warm up a woman, how you prepare her, and then she's ready to receive you. You know, it's, and, and it's what you're doing with it that really, really counts. And you need to pay attention to her clitoris because that is her number one sex organ. So I think that's a really good way to think about it. If you try to get her clitoris stimulated and make that the the way, the number one way that she actually makes love because that is the, that sexual organ. If, if for those of you that believe in God out there, God made the clitoris, uh, that's her sexual organ. That is the thing it has no other, no other purpose except to uh, satisfy a woman So guys out there, remember that the clitoris needs to be stimulated. So while you're penetrating, uh, if she hasn't already had an orgasm while stimulating the clitoris, it's important to play with it either with your hands. She could play with it or with a sex toy so that you can both have fun at the same time because that is the way that she makes love. That's an important thing for everybody to understand. So once that is stimulated, then you could definitely, once she's had an orgasm, pain is going to be a lot less it's going to be hurt a lot less. So I highly recommend that. Or, you know, if you want to have an orgasm at the same time, I want you to know that it's really hard to do that. Right. (laughs) It's like a miracle if you could try to orgasm at the same time. But don't try to aim for that as a success, a means of success, because just enjoying each other and pleasing each other, that's the important part in connecting through lovemaking. That's the important part.
0: Right and I think one one point that you were talking about which I thought was very important is just having kind of realistic expectation of what like what, the, what your sex is going to look like because at, at times I feel people they don't have good sex education and they have this unrealistic expectation about how how the sex would look like so we're both gonna climax together it's gonna be like she's gonna get climb like experience orgasm only through intercourse just penetration and all of these things and when we're going into the uh, sexual experience with this wrong information we're setting ourselves for uh, kind of not uh, kind of failure kind of feeling like a failure oh my god that didn't happen maybe there's something wrong with me maybe my penis size is not a right size maybe you know my body. Like sometimes women say like, maybe I'm too fat or I'm too ugly. And, but when we kind of like talk about it, we realize there's just misinformation that people usually get about the sex education.
1: Yes, exactly. And in my book, I have a section in Honeymoon Playbook, it's called Hot Conversation Starters. Oh, I like (laughs) that. (laughs) So we delve into all of these questions that we need to be asking each other before we even make love. You know, if you can't, The first time you make love with anybody, if you can't ask for what you need and what you want, then you're not ready. You're not ready to make love with that person. You need to be able to ask the person what you want. And that happens a lot in in hot conversation starters. We bring everything up in the book on exactly what you like, what you need, what you prefer. So the realistic expectations are really all set out. And you know what your partner likes. They know what you like. And it's it's important to please each other the way that we need to be pleased, and that's the whole the important part of the book. And I really like that you brought up the body image connection because women out there, I want you to know something. Did you see the the, sur- the surrogate sex dolls? Oh,
0: they were so interesting. Yes. Yeah. So
1: the the thing that I found most fascinating when I asked questions the people that make make these sex dolls, I asked, what kind of body do these the men want what what is the most popular doll that men buy? And they're all the dolls that have bellies,
0: no way. that is so interesting, yeah. So
1: women out there, we have this image that men, you know, don't like bellies, and they do. They want real women. They want women out there that aren't fake. They want the real thing. They actually want the real, you know, of course, flesh, you know, that you're they're so lucky. To have you, right? They're so lucky. Women, get into it. Get into the lovemaking. Get into your body and feel what the man is giving you. He's giving you his love. He's giving you his attention. You deserve to really feel that and really let that build the sexual energy inside of you. Let go of your to do list. Let go of your body, what it looks like in this angle. Who cares? They don't care. They really don't. They just, you know, they just want to make love to you and connect with you sexually. This is mostly the way men want to love their women through sex and giving them all of you, all of your energy, and it's going to make you have a better experience
0: also. Exactly. And for our listeners, this surrogate doll we're talking about, we just, as I said, we came from the ASAC conference and one of the sponsors, they had this kind of a uh, adults like surrogate like adult size and like bigger kind of surrogate women and they only had women there but they have they said they have men too and it was just they were very realistic and it's so interesting that like I, I like that you brought up that like people requested things that are more realistic so it's not the kind of anorexic like you know starved looking image that media shows us that like that's sexy. So it seems like people want someone who's like have realistic kind of at times curvier body type.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what they like and they love. So enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it. <ladies.
0: laughs> one other thing that I, I wanted to learn more, because again, in your book, I saw that you had lots of good kind of like conversation starters, tips and tricks around different things. And one thing that at times I hear from my clients that they feel they're not good at something like it's kissing or oral sex, could be a number of different things. And they don't know how they can improve those skills. Like it's a start with saying that, is that something that people can improve? Is that a skill that we can learn?
1: Definitely. It's it's called sexual competence. And it's some, it's a skill that we can all learn. And I teach that in my one-on-ones. I take out, you know, my my toys. I have like a velvet puppet. Um, and I give a na- I give her a name <laughs> and I tell, I tell men what to do to her. And I also have a penis and it's five and a half inches, the average size of a penis. <laughs> and I, I ask my clients to go in their fridge and take out fruit or vegetables. And we go, <laughs> they bring it out and I show them, I, I teach them on the internet and in person. I teach them how to pleasure their partner by using vegetables and fruit.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: to kiss, I often use things like chocolate, all kinds of fruit. And, um, you know, when you're having fun practicing, it's like play and it's so much fun. You can learn all of these things. You can learn all of these techniques. It's really important to gain uh, this kind of sexual knowledge. You can get it from books um, and you can get it from the internet, but I don't really recommend porn. Not all porn is good education so, um, yeah, I'd really recommend maybe getting it from a book, but most of my clients tell me that they're not getting enough out of a book. Mm-hmm. They need to practice, um, on the screen with a sexual educator. And I think some sexual therapists even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that way you can get a direct, direct education, direct skills on how to please a woman and how to please a man. I give fallashio courses that are really fun. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> did know that. Yeah, yeah, I give I've given lots of flash workshops as a matter of fact. When I first got into this business, I th- I said I'm going to teach the hardest course that I can teach because it's it's really hard for me to be talking about sex out loud. What's the hard, hardest thing that I could teach? It's flash and and pranalingas <laughs> workshops. <laughs> so I I did the I did those first and I didn't have a hard time at all. It was really comfortable right from the beginning. Um so I really love teaching teaching couples, teaching single people more sexual confidence so that they can be better practice by yourself. So by the time you're with somebody, you can get better
0: at it. What yeah. are some of the kind of common mistakes that you think people make when it comes like, to philosophy?
1: Um, Okay, so women, I have to say that they sometimes don't want to do it because they have the gag reflex. Mm-hmm. So what I, the tips that I give them is put your hand on their penis. And have that be a block so that you won't have to go so deep. Oh, um, fun. So you go up and down, and it's really fun to do a twisting motion at the same time. And then while you're going up and down, you can pleasure the head. You can pleasure the frenulum with your tongue, which is a really great erogenous zones for, zone for men. Um, that, because a lot of the nerve endings are there. That's where they've been circumcised for those that have been circumcised. Um, so you can play around the front frenulum. So that's uh, that's what I'd really recommend women to do. Other things would have to be when actually when the man ejaculates, that can be challenging for some women. I would just say to take it and then just spit it out. Mm-hmm. Just have a little Kleenex or a little face cloth beside you and just spit it out. You could just keep using hand play to slow it down
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and just hug the guy's penis after because he's going to feel connected to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I think those are the two main things that I hear about. Um, And some women just don't want to do it, period. Um, And I try to let them know that men really love this. And, you know, you can never force a person to do it. And I would recommend guys out there never to force the women to do it. Sure. But maybe put some flavors on there, ladies, to help you enjoy it more. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever flavor you like, put it on his penis and look it up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. And I think, as you say, it's important to see what gets in the way, right? If it's something that you think, oh, my God, I'm not good at this. You can take class. I think it's for both men and women. The reason I asked about women uh, for fly yeah, was like many of my listeners are female. <laughs> That's why yeah. I ask. But I think like there are things that get in the way and see if it's just like you, you don't know how to do it. Uh, I'm hearing is there books? So I get definitely sex educators can be a good kind of a source for you to see if you're doing it right or not. And I think most of the time it's just a matter of whether uh, what you're doing is a good fit for uh, your partner, right? Someone might love some kind of like kissing or oral sex, and the other person just the next partner might not like it at all. So I think it's important to have a uh, good communication, but it, it is such a hard conversation to tell your partner that things that he or she is doing is not working for you. And I'm kind of curious about how do you usually recommend people to give feedback that their partner are willing to hear it out, but also is not hurtful?
1: Right, it's really important to keep all of the language while you're making love positive. Um, If you have anything negative to say, just don't even say it at all. Just keep it in your head because the the bedroom has to be a really positive, sacred space where only good things happen. That way you'll want to go back there. You'll want to stay connected. So I would say something that you can do if the person's not touching you in the right place or not doing the right motion, you could really sexily bring your hand all the way down their arm, put your hand on top of their hand and place it where you want them to place it. And then do the action that you want them to do. That way it's a really quiet, sexy way to move them and they're not going to feel bad. Their ego is going to be held in the right place. If it's something bigger, um maybe an act that you don't like to do, of course you need to stop the person. It's good to have safe words beforehand to say that you don't if like a red yellow, green light type of thing. Um, I talk about that in Honeymoon Playbook, how important it is to have those conversations and then go back to just gentle lovemaking, go back to the last thing that worked really well. And you can talk about it outside the bedroom. And when you do want to talk about it, give um, your partner enough time so that they can be prepared, Um, maybe a couple days in advance. Hey, Saturday night, I want us to have a, a sexy sex talk. And You can prepare some cocktails or bring a nice bottle of champagne or, you know, prepare prepare it like a good positive experience. So they're going to want to talk about sex again.
0: I think that is so important when you talked about not bringing it up in the bedroom, because at times people kind of give this feedback that's hurtful and just kind of like, Impact that just changes the mood and like you know cause some resentment. So I like that you're recommending for people to set aside the time. Obviously, if it that's something that's traumatic, very, very uncomfortable, you definitely want to kind of intervene in the room, like while while it's going on. But if it's something that like, you know, your partner's not touching you the way you want you to touch them or they're doing something that's just not necessarily part of your erotic template. I hear it's good to set aside time to talk about that. And do you think how specific our recommendation should be with our partners?
1: I think it should be very specific. I think I, uh, in my book, I rate everything on 10 and describe exactly. I have lines so that you can write down what you like. And you could share that with your partner. I think you need to be very specific because men, I have to say, really want to please you and women too. Like in the workshops that I've given, I didn't, I was so shocked to see that men's total goal is to please women. I just want to please her. I want her to have a good experience and women feel the same way. Some of them have been, you know, some of them might have been shamed in the past for various reasons, but really getting specific is extremely important Because you can go through your whole life wishing that your partner is going to do something and they never do it because you've never asked them to do it. So, yes, this is the beauty of Honeymoon Playbook. It's going into really narrow, specific things that you'd like your partner to do to you. And there's space to write down what other things that you might like them to do to you also. So there, you definitely
0: need to be specific, I think. Yeah. And I think it's funny that at times we have these desires that we think, oh my God, this is horrible. And my partner would never do that. And when I when I have couples in my office, like I facilitate some of these conversations and like the, the, the wife would say, oh, you know, I, I would really like with lots of like guidance and stuff, I would like this. And the husband said, oh, okay. So it's not like a big deal at all. <laughs> but you know, in, in the partner's mind, like there's just so much shame around asking what you want in the bed. So yeah, it's, I think it's, it can be challenging.
1: Exactly. And I just, I just, I'm just really impressed with men out there. I, I didn't know, I when I first started in this business, I was really surprised to see how they esteem lovemaking. Like they think it's, Really important to make love to women properly. And I met a girl who was Muslim, who taught taught me that in the Quran, pleasuring a woman is the man's goal. Oh. That they have to do that. That's a part of what they need to do. And I just love that about the Muslim culture. I had no idea that that existed. So yeah, making you know, pleasing a woman is very important. And pleasing a man, finding what he likes, and ask each other, ask each other what you want, ask each other to get specific, you know, great. that Have nights where you just, okay, we're going to, we're going to have a, a tickle your pickle night, like the book, tickle your pickle. Like that's a cute <laughs> book. Um, but you're going to have a tickle your pickle night. And I want to play with your penis. and I want to see what your penis, you can give it a name, give your clitoris a name too, ladies and say, you know, how does this feel? How does that feel? And guys will love it. Women will love it too. If you if you stage all kinds of really fun things that you can do to her clitoris, play around her clitoris, you know, this is the kind of exploring that couples do that need, they need to do so that you can have a little bit more fun, explore each other and, And have a good time with each other play play play
0: play yeah and i think it's just because of the shame that many people have around sexuality i i I love that like many religion they have positive kind of like messages around uh sex with the married couples but what i notice is you know there are at times like sexuality portrayed as a negative thing like you know because they want to make sure at least like in my culture i grew up they wanted to make sure all girls are not getting active or boys are not getting active before them marriage. But what happens that we learn this shame based messages around sexuality. And when we are in a committed relationship, it's not like they're going to disappear overnight. So I think it's important to, as you said, like have, have fun, kind of talk about what you like and explore different things with your partner, because like every single person's erotic template is different. So unless you're asking and giving suggestions, it's just, it's going to be hard to kind of like find your own rhythm with your partner.
1: Exactly. And I think it's really important for, um you know, just to have a, a lot of fun, you know, you know, when you're, it's very vulnerable. I remember the first time we took, my husband and I took a tantra course uh-huh. and the first thing, <laughs> the first thing we had to do on the Friday night was a side-by-side masturbation. Oh. Uh-huh. I was shy to do that, but it made me feel so close to him to do that beside him. Like it's, we're not, we weren't even touching each other, right? but we were supposed to observe how we were masturbating so that when we touch our partners, we know how to touch them. And it was vulnerable and it made me fall in love with my husband even more after probably 15 years of being married. (laughs) (laughs) So doing these things that are feeling vulnerable you know, you, you might feel a little bit of shame around masturbation. I was raised Roman Catholic, so right. you, know, you feel a little bit of shame around masturbation. So try to do it together and see what, what comes up. <laughs> Pun intended. <Yeah>. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you know, have some, you know, really try to be vulnerable, try to stretch and do things that you normally wouldn't do. Maybe even trying to do something a little kinky if you've always wanted to do. Some, you want to, hey, I want to try something a little kinky. Maybe tie up your partner with paper towels, roll it up, and that way your partner can just get out of it just by pulling their hands apart. Mm-hmm. Or try doing some really beginner, um, fun things like that, tying each other. Maybe you know, um, maybe you, you could try a little bit of spanking, but not too hard to start off with. But remember to give some love after you know, try some little things like that, um, to see you know how far you want to go and what makes you feel comfortable check in with each other all the time to see if
0: this is uh, this feels good yeah Thank you for those suggestions. Again, I highly recommend your book. And I bet many of our listeners now they're interested about uh, where they can get it and all the great kind of resources that you mentioned. So if our listeners, they want to get a contact with you, what would be the best way? Thank you.
1: Yeah, you can get Honeymoon Playbook on Amazon. And I'm really pleased to say that it became bestseller last week in different categories. Yay! And uh, you can get on Amazon. And please leave me a nice review if you like the book. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, it's on sale right now, actually, for ninety-nine cents as an ebook. You just have to download the the uh, the book from um, the book on Amazon, and they'll give you all the downloading instructions so you could read the book online on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad. And then uh, yeah, and then having the book in, there's it's not there's nothing like having the book in your hands so you can write and really record your memories of how you know how you felt when your partner did that to you. So that's at honeymoon playbook um, on Amazon. You could find me at relationshipbliss.ca that's relationshipbliss.ca and I am taking clients online if you guys need any um any help with anything anything sexual. Um, I don't I'm not a therapist so I don't deal with anything from the past. I, I help you to move into the future uh via the present. So um that's me, Medica Tovet, at Relationship Less. Thank you so much for a great time. I had so
0: much fun talking to you.
1: I knew when I met you that I'd have a good time in an interview with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, this was wonderful. Again, thank you so much. And guys, I leave the uh, link in the show notes. So if you guys need to check it out, you can find it there. And I agree with you that I think it's good that it's online. You can get it like the got a PDF version, like read it on your computer and like your phone but I think it's one of those things that you want to be able to take notes so I think definitely printed version would be great all right thank you so much it was lovely to talk to you
1: thanks Nazanir I had fun
0: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with uh, Marie-Claire Tobet. I like that she talked about the thing you can do, like very specific instruction you can give to your partners. And her book is full of great tips and tricks. I encourage you guys to check out the book. And also, I want you to kind of experiment with one of the things that she recommended. Because at times what I see that people want to improve their sex lives, But when it comes to it, we just listen and read things and we're not implementing it. So I would love to hear that you guys practice one of the tips that she mentioned. And if you want, you can share it with us. You can record your voice in my website, sexologypodcast.com. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com.